Hello and welcome to the Cocktail Hour with me, your host, Erin Fultz. The Cocktail Hour is a place where we celebrate the women in business who are shaking shit up. This week we are talking to Erica Brown. Welcome. Hi. I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> you just said offline we've been avoiding each other for years. <laughs> True. Not on purpose. Never. We've met one time. We've been in the same room one time. That's Maybe wild. like big conferences we've also been in the room, but yeah. not a lot. Divide and conquer. I've been stalking you, though. Oh, me too. (laughs) You're like, oh. I know where you're at most times. (laughs) And we're neighbors. Yes. You're right down the street. Yep. So now I'm going to have to come visit you. River Market's going to be the new crossroads. Uh, River Market's getting gentrified. Did you see that Domino's out there? Oh, no. So I don't know if we're going to go completely. (laughs) We might just turn into the new uh, Shawnee or something like that at this this rate. Yeah, they're putting a Domino's right there, which is like our first chain in here. So real quick, let's tell the couple people that are listening that don't know who you are, who you are, because I imagine everybody stalks you, but maybe not everybody. So Erica Brune is president of Lover One, a Kansas City-based professional employer organization. And you have an amazing resume, so we're going to get back, not resume, bio, I guess is what this is. We're going to get back to this in just a little bit, but just so you guys know, uh, you helped drive the company to become Missouri's fastest growing company of 2017. And you were ranked number 44 in the Inc. magazine. And you're the woman president. And you're the president of the NABO organization, right? That's right. So, uh, wait, number four in the fat, 50 fastest growing women-owned leg companies. Twenty. I mean, you have some awesome stuff. Women-owned leg companies in 2018. You've won all the awards. Not all, but a lot. <laughs> What's <laughs> your big award you want to win? Do you still have a goal award? Um... Well, you know, I was in the top 10 last year, and that, that, that Mr. K Award is is still kind of out there as the untain- unattainable, so that would be pretty cool. It's called the Mr. K Award? Yeah. I told you I don't know about awards, so mm. tell our listeners what it is. The Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce oh. um, issues one business, the Mr. K Award, okay. um, that is um, uh, the Kaufman a legacy and it is representative of entrepreneurship and uh, charity and just oh, overall, cool. yeah, just business greatness. And um, we were in the top 10 last year, which oh, was awesome, awesome, but we did not win. So, so we're going for the win. Yeah, we'll try it again here in a few years and see. And then they also do one person of the year, right? Um, no, that's what is it is. Is that the same award? Yeah. Okay. So it, it's for a business, but one person is obviously the representative. And they gave that business. away at the annual dinner. Is that that same award? No. I think that was person of the year at the annual dinner. Oh, okay. Only because the chamber asked me to be their guest this year. Hmm. And so then I saw that. And I was like, is it really because I won this award? And they were like, no, don't get your hopes up. But then there's a business one you're saying. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to. So there's for- two now that I need. Yeah, you gotta win first. He was like, he was like eighty. So don't win that That's one right. too quick. I'm pretty good. I'm I was good. like, he, that wasn't a business. I feel pretty was good because like, they like had to trick his family into getting him there. Like he didn't even know. Oh, yeah, it was like a whole thing. Hmm. So it wasn't me. So, <laughs> but I think that's the long game. You can go for that one on the okay. long game. So, okay. This is really exciting. You're here. So let's kind of tell people. Are you f- like about how you end up winning every award in the world? So, <laughs> um, are you from Kansas City? I am. I went to Shawnee Mission South High School. Oh, that's close to and, us. Yeah, and grew up here uh, my whole life. So Okay. Have you ever moved outside of Kansas City? Yep. So then I went to Arizona State University oh, just fun. for fun and then started my career in New York City and lived there for 10 years before finally moving back. 
How do you end up at Arizona State? You know, when I was growing up, um, we didn't have the interwebs. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went to a college career fair that our high school put on and filled out postcards. And literally, that that's how that all worked out. It was so much work to apply to college when we went to college, huh? Yeah. And I mean, I got a flyer in the mail and I called them and applied for a scholarship. And, and really, that's how I ended up where I was at. Are you still over in the Shawnee Mission School District? I am back there, believe it or not, yeah. raising a family and work down here in the River Market. I'm over in Shawnee as well, and your kids aren't in high school level yet, Not right? yet. Yeah, I have little kids. Mine, not, mine are pretty little too, but um, I saw last year that Shawnee, and I don't know, maybe every school district's doing this, but I didn't even know this thing, and I was like, God, that would have made life so much easier. Did you see where now you can apply while you're in high school at Shawnee Mission, and they actually send out for every single scholarship opportunity in your name, your grades and everything. It's all just one thing. You just do one application, and then it goes out to all of them, and it was it was millions of dollars Shawnee Mission School District was able to help students get in scholarships. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's almost too easy because I got scholarships just because I filled out the application. Right. Because <laughs> you were so, like the one that right. filled it out. Because I'm a go-getter, right? Like it's not going to be based on scores. Right. Yeah, like, so it's like a- stepping it up, but they're like the the things you never even think of either, right? So sometimes you wouldn't film out for the $250 one. Right. But this way, a lot of 250s add up. Yeah, for sure. So I thought it was pretty interesting. So remember that when your kids get oh, to high school. Yeah, we'll need it. And I just read some tiny little article on it. It didn't make like the new was like hmm. where, where every time I talk to people, they're like, "Oh, hmm. that sounds cool." So, hmm. so you're back in Shawnee. So then you you went to Arizona. What'd you go to? What'd you go to school for? What'd you think you were gonna do? Theater. Oh, yes. I have children that are in theater. Mm-hmm. Is that why you moved to New York? It is. Are you gonna be a going, Broadway star? I was going to be, and um, that's my one big failure in life so far. Never made it. You were there for ten years. Yeah. What'd you end up doing? I did what I do today, which is administrative back office. Oh business work. Yeah. So I started a law firm um, while I was, you know, pounding the pavement, never made it on Broadway, but my professional career took off and I worked at that law firm for 10 years. Did you keep auditioning the whole time? I did. And I did little things, you know, off, off Broadway. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, I'm moderately talented and, and I loved it. And knowing what I know now about networking yeah. and positioning yourself, I probably would have been a little more successful. But I just stood in line and sang my 16 bars and right. never made it on Broadway. Uh, are your your kids theater age yet or are they real little? My kids are real little, but we are a very musical family, always singing and playing instruments and that's awesome. Yeah. So I have a 13-year-old who's a big, big thespian. Mm. And one of the f- things I find so fascinating is, so he uses his Instagram account in a very different way that you would have probably been doing when you were 13, where there was these like just random one-off things. They're like, oh, I'm casting Beetlejuice today. Not really casting Beetlejuice, but send in your audition video. So everyone posts their video. And then these like one-off Instagram accounts say, you get casted as Beetlejuice. You get casted as whatever, like uh, Dila or whatever. And so he's almost auditioning on a weekly basis for things. But they don't actually do the show? They don't really do the show. They're just these like virtual tryouts where casting directors will say, oh, I would cast you for this. I would cast you for this. Or sometimes he'll be like, I make callbacks. And I'm like, what? And then he'll go up against another kid, like have him and another kid have to put out a video. But it's like he's getting all this like real world experience that when he goes and does his real auditions, so he um, he does the CYT theater productions, when he goes and does those, 
he's ready because he's already had that video out there, gotten really used to singing in front of people. It's been fascinating. I need to go audition on Instagram. <laughs> you should just, maybe you'll get like that long lost feeling back if you could just oh, do your Instagram. Oh my gosh. I'll, I'll get the names from my son and send them over. But it's just been, what's been fascinating, because obviously I'm in social media, but uh, I mean, you and I are right around the same age. And so I think that we didn't get to see all the opportunities of different types of jobs out there, right? Mm -hmm. And so you were kind of lucky because you whether you see it as a failure or not, you got to move to Broadway. You, at some point, somebody supported and saying, yes, that's a real job you can really have and you can really go. Where I think a lot of people were like, there were your dream jobs and then there were your, you're a nurse, you're a, you're a nurse, you're a teacher, you're this, you're that, right? And so now kids get to see my thir my 13 year old in the size 13 shoe. I think when we were in middle school would have been a sports player because that's what he would have seen mm -hmm. and now he gets to see people that look like him in theater yeah right so that's it's been awesome. really fascinating but that's fun that you moved to new york what was your favorite part of new york what oh, part do you live in well i lived all over kind of moving my way from better neighborhood to better neighborhood man i i had so many amazing experiences i think just getting out and um just making it you know i broke my foot while i was there and I literally was on crutches on my own Going in New York up and down City. The subway? Yes, ah. I would crutch the stairs, and then like people would not give me a chair to sit. And I, um, I sat at a desk and propped my foot up on the computer. Like that's just what I did. And I'm telling you, then I would cab it to a bar and meet a friend. Yeah. And like I, I really, um, I'm laughing because I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> but um, it was. It was the ultimate experience. And looking back, I don't know that I'll let my kids do it because right. I probably made some poor decisions. But um, I mean, I, I would have anybody that was willing to sublet with me and like I would get an apartment, but I would let a waiter that I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you their name, like crash on the couch and pay for half my rent for right. months at a time or I mean, I had a rat infestation for a while. That was horrific and scars me still to this day. Um, but I absolutely loved the city. I loved the opportunities. I loved the pace. I loved um, truly living carefree. Yeah. You know, once I once you have a good job, you can just just go let, let the wind blow you and go wherever you want. No responsibilities, no accountabilities. It was it was really awesome. You really think you wouldn't support your kids if they wanted to go out there? Well, maybe, but I'd I'd probably be a lot more um, like helicopter parent now. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, tracking their phone. I mean, I would call my mom like once a week back right. then. But I think you would have made those bad decisions if you were downtown Kansas City. Maybe. It's just I think it's an age thing. I yeah. think it's stuff you have to learn, right? Push those boundaries. I mean, there's so many of those things that are like, wait, how did I? Everyone I know has those. How did I live through that? Yes. And you're like, I moved to Dallas for all through my 20s. So I kind of yeah. have the same same thing. How did nothing bad ever happen to me? Right. It's just luck. Truly. And it's because we also just didn't know all the bad that could happen to right. us. Right. We just weren't thinking through that. Our brains weren't that mm -hmm. far in. Uh, we just spent uh, eight days in New York over the break. Oh, my gosh. And did a couple Broadway plays. Yeah. I don't want to make you sad. Mm -hmm. um, but it was what I, so I go to New York a lot for work. And uh, I have not had the same subway experience. Mm. Uh, the subways I've been on, in even in this last trip, people do, and my girlfriend lives there. She's lived there for a long time. She says it has gotten better over the past few years. But uh, older people, children, women, pregnant women, people were standing up for mm, and it yeah. was it was really 
like kind of it just gave you those good feelings, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's because we were there over the holidays, but you didn't have that same experience. And uh, it wasn't a hundred percent of the time, but right. um, I think rush hour, which you probably weren't on the subway no. for, is pretty we were over brutal. There over the holidays, okay. yeah, yeah. The rush hour commute is pretty brutal. Yeah. But um, I agree, people are inherently good. Right. And you get to see that when you get outside of the touristy areas of New yeah. York and really become part of the community. The subway we did ride on that I don't know if you've had the chance to ride on is the 8 a.m. Uh, New Year's Day subway. <laughs> so there's a lot of people sleeping. There's uh, a lot of people that uh, had rough nights. <laughs> The 8 a.m. New Year's subway is like nothing I've ever experienced in my that life. That is amazing. No, <laughs> when you're when you're a local, you avoid tourist stuff. I mean, it is not where you go. Right. But I do uh, remember falling asleep and waking up like I reached the end of the line and was on my way back. You oh, know, wow. like you're just, oh, wait, I'm going in the wrong direction now. <laughs> we actually so. went over to New Jersey for um, New Year's Eve. And then we wanted to go back to where we were staying pretty early on. And and it, it was, it, I don't think it was locals. <laughs> or I don't think it was tourists. I think it was more yeah. locals that day. But it, it was an interesting, but I've done rush hour a couple times with work, but not with my kids. I think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a tough, tougher gig for yeah. sure. Yeah. And so how do you end up back in Kansas City? I was, um, I loved my job. I loved the city, but I was still single and my family was all here. My, um, there was a change in the dynamic with my grandparents moving out of their home. And, and I just knew, I think I had come home five times that year. And I just thought, uh, I want to settle down. I want to have a family. Now's the right time for me to be home to help support and be part of my family. And, you know, you can go back to New York, you can rent an apartment in one day there. And so I, I just kept telling myself that. And so I started looking for jobs. Um, and that took a little bit of time because I had such a great career building that I wanted to sustain that. And I was um, eventually recruited to an advertising agency oh. down here in the River Market, Grag Advertising, yeah. which is still a sister company of my uh, of Lover One. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so I'm still part that. of that same group. Yeah. Okay. I applied there once. Oh. And I thought I was so clever. This was years ago. Um, I applied for a, a sales position. And in my signature, like of my cover letter, I wrote like my title being future Greg all-star, sales all-star. But I never got a call back. I thought it was really clever. That is really clever. And I would have called you if I was doing the recruiting. I may have been. I, I don't know. What I didn't happened. have a degree. So a lot of my stuff got kicked out anyways for a long time. I think things have changed a little bit. But a decade ago, things mm. were still getting kicked out of a lot of mm. things. But that for some reason, I only did it at that one place. I, I must not have been. A, I was like, it didn't work. I didn't get a call back. So I never did it again. But it's my only Greg story. Huh. Well, <laughs> yeah. everything worked out. Looks it, like It all worked out. <laughs> we're neighbors now. Greg as well. So. Okay, so uh, I want to circle back to you. We're still single, so you came back to Kansas City. So I want to understand your thought process of thinking, I should go to Kansas City to find, to date to versus settle New down. York City. I know, I know. Well, and this was the time where internet dating was just like becoming mainstream. Yeah. You had known some people that had done it, but like... It still was weird, and but it was the point where everybody, like somebody knew somebody who had like got married. Right. And so it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll try it. And I just, I didn't even have any successful dates while I was in New York, you know. Um, I just think it, it's just, it's not a place where people go to settle down and right. have kids. And I was at the age where I'm like, I better, I better jump on this. Um, and that wasn't my only, only motivator, but I knew that this would be a great place to settle down right. and raise a family. Um, so once I got here, I luckily uh, was introduced to my husband through a friend of a friend. Okay. So um, 
uh, that's how we ended up meeting and we were friends for a while and um, it all worked out. So did you do internet dating in New York? Oh yeah, I tried, okay. you know, not successfully, but. Yeah, I wonder what it's like now with the apps. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. were probably doing like Match or um, the online yeah. ones like that. Yeah, it was online, yeah. Uh, I met my husband on Tinder. Oh, you did? Well, there you go. I did. But Kansas City was slim pickings. Like, Mm. you know what I mean? So, but so when I used to travel before I met my husband, of course, everything's grass is always greener, right? But it always seemed like when I were in the bigger cities and I'd just peek, just a peek, Mm -hmm. it always seemed like there were more options, Mm. right? Mm. But then once you live there, they probably dwindle down by who knows who and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I, that's, you really lucked out by a friend of a friend. I did. And that we were friends for a while and kind of a mutual singles group that just hung out. So by the time we started dating, it it really, you know, you just already knew each other. You knew you liked them, respected them. And so that that was a really great foundation for a marriage, honestly. How long have you guys been married? We were married in 2011. So nine years this November. So next year will be number 10. I know. I got to plan a trip or something. (laughs) Got to do something. Make note. (laughs) Please listen to this husband (laughs) and plan that trip. Is he he your opposite? Or is he like you? Hmm. Because you seem pretty chill. Pretty chill. Yeah. No, I'd say we're we're quite similar. Yeah? Yeah. So sometimes you hear that... um, that doesn't work. Hmm. So, so are you guys, well, so you hear two things. You either hear if, if you're too opposite, it doesn't work. Or if you're too much alike, it doesn't work. Right. So what is the best, like what works the best? Like, why does it work so well that you've made it to 10 years? Well, you may have observed this about me, but I'm pretty bossy. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't say that, but I am too. I get um, it. So it, it works that he kind of lets me just do the show you know yeah. the calendar and the finances and the this that and the other so in that regard he's laid back right yeah. because he he um uh chimes in gosh I don't know um I would say that um we have three small kids and I had okay. kids real quick together and um he is just an excellent father spent I mean spends time with our kids when um I'm busy working yeah. and that's so critical in the family dynamic so so a lot of women that come on this podcast are kind of kind of where I'm in this, and it kind of sounds like you're a little in this. Does he take more of that, some of the more of the parental duties than more hus- than most husbands do? That's what people observers tell me. Yeah. Like, oh, he's so involved, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I just told him to go down to the basement and right. play with the kids. <laughs> right. No. Right. Um, but so he's amazing. He's great, and um, yeah, I would, I guess so. Although I, it's hard, you know, it's hard to compare. But. Is he pretty career driven like you as well? He is. Does he have a demanding career? He, he he does. He is. Um, he works now in an entrepreneurial company, C two F O. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's in sales, so um, his schedule is a little more regimented. As you know, yeah. if you hit the networking circuit like we do, it's I had a seven thirty this morning and I got a five o'clock tonight, yeah. and so I have enormous flexibility, but odd work schedule right he has um a really set work schedule and so that that um complements each other really well and then um is he able to pick up the kids if you're working late at night yeah and And then I also have my secret weapon which is my mother oh and she's my nanny and has helped oh she is does she come every day and nanny at your house oh you're lucky I know yeah, and we really have the lucky. kids in different events, but um, that's been the backfill that has allowed us to have our successful careers. Do you have a good relationship with your mom? Oh my gosh, yeah. 
you're really lucky on that too, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, how was it for your husband when you were like, I'm going to bring in my mother to nanny? <laughs> I just, I'm bossy right now. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's as grateful as I am. Yeah. I mean, it's just been invaluable and the kids have thrived because of that relationship. Nice. Yeah, you're super lucky yeah. on that, right? Yeah. We're just starting to talk. My kids are 13 and 7. We're starting to talk summer nannies. And it's just like, it's a whole thing mm-hmm. to find it's it every stressful. summer. What we're going to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Is his family from here too? They are. He has a big okay. family here in town. So do you guys all do family things together? We do. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that worked out really well. I know. So you think you guys will always stay in Kansas City now? I would think so. Yeah. It would be hard to imagine until we can, you know, retire and... Have maybe have that New York house. You're right. You still want <laughs> to apartment. Um, is Lever One just based in Kansas City? We are based out of Kansas City and okay. primarily market in the Kansas City area, but we have clients in every state and are operating in every state. Okay. Now. So eventually you might get to the point where you have to have a second office. For sure. And our services are meant to be outsourced. Yeah. So um, we can service clients, hopefully, as well locally as we can all over the country. Right. Uh, I have I have a friend that just had to get his actual second place in New York because they're based out of Atlanta. But mm. he had to get a second. He had to get his dream place in New York just because he has to go there to do so much business. So mm-hmm. that could be closer than you think. That's true, right? Yeah. Do you get to go? Uh, tra- do you travel a lot for work? Not not a lot. I go to a lot okay. of different conferences and yeah. things. But um, again, we don't we don't really need to be on site with our clients. Right. We've built out the automation that it can all be done online, and are certainly willing to go. But um, the price point of the products we sell don't really warrant a lot of on-site work. So when you first moved back, did you go to Greg? Yes. Okay. And then how did you end up at Lever One? I don't so, know your story at all. Yeah. So I, I came to Greg Advertising as Director of Operations, doing what I do today, finance, HR, just general, running the business, right. everything everything the business isn't. And... Um, uh, Greg uh, was growing rapidly and thriving. They um, have an excellent book of business in the secondary education market. Oh, okay. And in 2008, when I joined them, the recession hit. And, um, you know, a lot of people couldn't find a job, but they could get a student loan and go back to school and better themselves. So the industry grew. Therefore, Greg grew significantly. And um, Greg was kind enough to extend some ownership to me and two of our other partners at that time. And then we started acquiring and spinning off uh, different companies and had all of a sudden this portfolio of seven businesses. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, all in the marketing and um, advertising industry, a direct mail company, a marketing compliance company. Um, we spun off a lead gen company. Oh. And um, all of those were working very cohesively and, and very successful. So we took my team out of Lever One. I'm sorry, out of Greg Advertising and formed Lever One. Oh, wow. So we formed the PEO to, as, as the entity to service our other co-owned businesses and to be the overhead entity, to be the administrative arm of all the different things we were doing. Okay. And very quickly learned that PEOs are awesome and can be profitable and that there are 70,000 businesses in Kansas City that don't know this is an opportunity for them. And if we let them join our PEO, the bigger we get, the better we are for everybody. So that's, but you never saw it coming like it no. has, right? We had no idea what a PEO was prior to <laughs> to forming one. Right. And then you guys, t- you took off and you started winning yep. all the awards. So how does that happen? 
Well, it happens when you have a really good uh, marketing company, as you know, (laughs) to get your brand out there. We've bootstrapped all of our businesses. So, um, you know, pounding the pavement, networking morning to night, writing articles, um, showing up to events, speaking, sharing what we do, because it's not a secret. You know, we're happy to to talk about what we do. And typically business owners know enough to say, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do all that myself. And and this is a really good solution for me. I think that we think business owners know enough of that um i think that they learn mm-hmm. um because i'm a business owner and i talk to a lot of business owners i don't think that i realized right away how important all that stuff was mm. like i think people tell you get a good account and get a good attorney mm-hmm. but they don't tell you uh hey you really need to be nailing down your hr you need to make Proper sure that your payroll or, your right. insurance those aren't the things anyone wants mm. to talk about because they're not sexy, mm. right? And so I think that um, I would venture to guess. I feel like you're in it all day, every day. So so it's kind of like how I am with marketing, right? I'm in it all day, uh, every day. But I would venture to guess that a, a lot of newer business owners don't know that, how mm. important some of this stuff is. And that, and that may be true. Uh, the ones that we get in front of, yeah, yeah, or at least that take our call or take our appointment, um, there, I've seen a real shift in entrepreneurism that wants to do their thing right. and they don't want the risk or they, they know and have figured out the cost of what their time is worth and the outsourcing. And, yes. And that that's going to complement their growth. Well, I think the better entrepreneurs do that type of stuff. Right. So it's just understanding. Where do you think that they the majority of the people you get in front of, okay, I find this really interesting because this was so out of my, out of what I even, when I was going to be a business owner, I was just going to do social media. I wasn't Mm going to do anything but social media, right? Which is what I think a lot of business owners go into it. Especially like, you know, we get a, we get a ton of clients in here and I'm like, how do they get a multi-million dollar company sometimes, right? But they'll be really good at like tinting windows, right? Right? They're just really good at tinting windows. So everybody hired them to tint windows. The last thing they want to do is worry about their insurance, their payroll, their HR, all of that kind of stuff. Where, um, what, when you say you're getting in front of entrepreneurs, have they been doing it for a while? So they've already learned the lessons hard or did they have a good mentor or are they people that are just like, Oh my God, I don't even want to learn how to do this. What level are they usually on for the majority of the new entrepreneurs you're bringing on? I would say the majority of them know the risks associated yeah. with business. They don't know how to fill out an I-9, but they know they've read enough in the business journal about somebody going to prison that, that right. I, I'm either going to have to figure this out, which I don't want to do, or I got to hire somebody. Right. And so then I would say most most of the people are falling into that category. Um, there's just enough in the press and media about yeah. business owners falling into IRS pitfalls or Homeland Security issues or something like that. There's been that, scary stuff. Over yeah. The years, right. Yeah. And I think this is something this is one of the spaces that hasn't gotten so automated where you still need people doing it. Right. Because there's a lot of spaces. I mean, even marketing. It's kind of a space where I think you should have a graphic designer doing your thing, doing your stuff, but you can essentially pay for robots to make some mm. of your graphic design, right? But it, you're covering your your brand standards and your brand and whatever um, a lot better if you have experts doing it. Mm-hmm. So I like your point about outsourcing. People are now starting to think through outsourcing, mm-hmm. which is, I wasn't in business a decade ago, so were people not as, did they want to keep it more internal? I think that there is an entire generation of that 
mom and pop philosophy, keep it close to the chest. I don't open, you know, the books for anybody. Yeah. I think there is a whole segment of, of businesses that still fall into that. But um, but that has shifted significantly right. from when um, outsourcing meant shipping jobs overseas. Right. And now it means, no, I'm going to use a fractional CFO. I'm going to use um, an HR company like Lever One and, and all of those components, a marketing company, because I can get top level so- solutions right. without trying to hire a full time person. Right. I wonder if people also, it's just because there's so much education around it too now, right? Now, now you can Google what all. I'll need for my business and then by the time you get that whole list when they run across a company like yours you're like okay I gotta knock all this out right I don't even have to worry about it right I I wish I would have known right when I started my business that there were businesses like yours I just want everybody to know now yeah because it would have saved me a little bit of heartache at the beginning yeah um you're not alone <laughs> I used to handwrite checks out mm-hmm. oh There's my god a lot of people the worst. Still do. <laughs> and then what ended up happening is I hired all these young people and they're like what do I do with this thing and I was like, you're right. <laughs> you're going to have to go find a bank. No, they can now scan it on their phone. <laughs> yeah, their app. Their, their app. Uh, you know what? I actually do the same thing. And we're currently with a very, very, very big, big, big bank that doesn't care about their their clients. I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to get sued. Um, but they only let me put $2,500 on the phone. And so I still have to go to the bank and I hate it. And so mm. now I kind of get it. So I like I love the automation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, $2,500. You can get a scanner. What does that do? So um, you hook it up to your computer. A scanner I know. hooks like, up to your computer. What is that? And you open a bank, uh, you open your bank software, and you run your checks through it. Oh. So you don't have to go up there. We get a check like once a month. If oh. that, we do almost everything through card, mm. um, which a lot of people say, don't do that, don't do that. But for me, it was just cost of business for the, like, again, back to your point, the my time. Mm-hmm. My time of having to scan it that sounds hard and or go to the bank like mm-hmm. if it just comes off and me not chasing money every month mm-hmm. it just seemed to me like it was worth yeah. it you know what I mean yeah I don't see any issues again the with... outsourcing yeah. thing just letting it run itself uh do you consider your speaking of entrepreneurs do you consider yourself an entrepreneur now I do yeah I am like knee deep in it yeah and I love it was it hard because you kind of worked for someone and then it turned into this was it hard to get used to the idea of being an entrepreneur versus there an was a moment and Greg Gregg our founding partner who's a mentor to me you know when we launched lover one he's like okay now you have to like go sell this product and I'm like okay which you know I have a performance background yeah. I, I don't have a it's not that I'm shy about it but I had no skills that I no no um you know official training for sales and he made me pitch our other co-owned businesses like I had to put proposals oh. together I had to pitch them justify the pricing and I was like oh you're kidding me that this is kind of embarrassing but it really was great because yeah. it just got it was exactly what I needed and then I had my arsenal to just start good just go and talk to people and make it happen. Well, it's always harder to do in front of people you know, too. Right? Oh, I was just like, so this is mortifying. That. And then it was totally fine. And they yeah. sat there and shook their head at me. <laughs> they oh tried God. really hard. Yeah, but I mean, that's just rehearsals. Yeah. Your theater it was world. great. It was so great. But that that was the point where I was like, oh, man, I don't know. But then from then on, I'm, I'm addicted. I yeah. mean, I won't stop. Uh, did your entrepreneur mind work where you keep thinking of other businesses you could spin off to? 
Yes. Um, and not so much spinoff, but Lever One has such the capability because we really want to be a full service HR company. Yeah. That's endless. Right. So uh, additions to uh, one. Yes. Products and um, services and whether they need to be in a separate company or not, I think they'll always be branded under the Lever One umbrella because there, there's just it's endless. And as, you know, systems evolve or we can hire really smart people to think of new things, we'll just add them into the, the platform that clients have to choose from. So you've gotten yourself really involved in. Um, so Nabo, you're the president yeah. of this year, right? You yeah. don't have enough on your plate, so nope. you're like, I'll be the president. I, I said, sign me up. <laughs> um, you've gotten yourself very involved in women's organizations. What has been your experience of being the head of the company as a woman when you're sitting down to the tables of when you're bringing on some of the other companies where it's kind of a male-driven field, mm-hmm. correct? So what has kind of your, been ex- your experience and how do you see that changing? I will say that I am most passionate about women's issues and and women entrepreneurship primarily because I've had such a good experience. Yeah. Um, I have worked for men and with men only my entire professional career at the law firm and then the partnership that that I'm in now with Greg. um, I've always reported to a man and worked with men and I have never once um been left behind. Yeah. I've been raised up and bellied up to the table and never once thought, oh, it's because I'm a woman. And and I know that that is my good fortune and not most people's experience. And so um, when I was introduced to groups like NABO or that really exposed me to the challenges that women as business owners have had, not being able to apply for a bank loan and um, not getting government contracts, even when there's um, statutes that say they're they're required. And, you know, it's just um, there. there's so much more we can still do. Um, and I, and I want to be a part of that because of the good fortune I've had. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Um, but that's really what kind of motivated me is because I, I realized that wow, my experience is not like others. And, and then I also, um, I, I, I have this, uh, story where I, I was on one of my first professional boards and I was the only woman in that board and it was going to be my first quarterly board meeting and I had just had my third child. So they interviewed me and hired me onto the board while I was pregnant. And then the first meeting, I mean, I probably wasn't four or five weeks postpartum. So here I walk into my first board meeting with my pump, my breast pump. And I told the the person who coordinated it, I was like, I'm going to have to step out like every three hours. I didn't ask permission. I didn't, you know, I just said, this is, this is what I need to do. And I could tell it was like really uncomfortable, not because it wasn't accepted, but it was like new territory, right? right? I'm the only woman in the room, the only woman that they've been exposed to. And sure enough, like I excused myself and like 30 minutes later, come back with my breast pump and meeting was just carrying on. And like, and so if I can share that story and, and, you know, just say you, you have to be a trailblazer you have to stick to your guns be respectful be communicative but you're not asking permission to be a woman to be a mother and um, I have and in my examples and in my story 
no questions asked, right. nothing but support, and um, and it has worked very well to my advantage because I'm not I'm not a bully. I'm not pressuring. I'm just it's just a matter of fact, right? It's yeah. just the way of life, and it's and and I know that that is um, hopefully some motivation for other women who may feel like uncomfortable in those environments. That's amazing. I so to maternity leave as far as maternity leave because you meet with so many businesses. How far do you think we are? So I'm a small business. We offer paid maternity leave. That's amazing. Um, we've had a lot of babies. Yeah, so have we. <laughs> uh, right? And so sometimes from a from a very small business, when that person, I, I got to replace them and they pay their salary. So I can all sometimes see where a long time ago we got into no paid maternity leave. You know what I mean? Just from the small business view. But for, for us, it's, it's important to offer it. Uh, but how many businesses do you think are in this space? How many businesses do you meet with? Day? Like in, in your experience, how many businesses are starting to open up those doors? Paid maternity leave, having a place for, um, you know, the new moms to pump and stuff like that. I think that uh, business owners are evolving and understanding. I mean, we it, nobody can find enough talent. Right. And um, you you better not be turning away excellent talent for something as simple as they need to pump their right. breast milk. I mean, that's ridiculous. So um, I think people are really accepting of that. Um, and I uh, I mean, and now it's law to have the, 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 some space right. f- for these people. And we help clients understand what those rules are and what, what that space can look like. Law? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we always have, so I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, each state has, you know, the opportunity to make even more strict laws, which we're seeing with this paid leave. Um, But um, my position is that it's very difficult for a small business owner to pay an employee when they're not working. Right. And as sympathetic as I am, I'm a mother and I want to take leave, um, I think it is. impossible for many small business owners to pay for someone who's not working right so um finding a way i'll get on my soapbox for um federal funding to kick in if 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 that's if that's the direction we're going to go finding resources that can supplement that whether it's through short-term disability plans that we offer Mm -hmm. that that um, supplement some of those um time off unpaid time off or other sorts of government subsidies because the small business owner is carrying the backbone of our economy they're employing the workforce and to put additional financial burdens on them for things they i mean they just don't have the resources for um is is an, an impossible right is an impossible thing um now that doesn't mean a business owner can't be flexible and allow the person the time and give them the time that they need I just don't see how a small business owner can build in the pricing to pay for employees that aren't working and then pay for other employees. I think it becomes a whole, for us, it has become a whole team effort, right? So I don't know what we would do if two employees got pregnant at the same time. I have no clue. But right now, everybody here has a couple skill sets. So if somebody has a baby, whoever with that dominant skill set, like that's their secondary skill set, they kind of step up and kind of help 
float that. I always step in. Hmm. Um, luckily, the couple jobs that I absolutely can't do, like our sound engineer, he's probably not going to get pregnant on me. Right. Like, but I want to be able to offer paternity leave at some point. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to grow a lot bigger before we do that, because right now it's a whole team effort. We've got someone on maternity leave right now. And so we're she's she's our uh, content writer. And so we split content between a couple of us. To, and and luckily, the conversation was open for so long we were able to batch a bunch of stuff and get ahead mm-hmm. but uh it is hard i mean it becomes a team effort not just the small business person well that's not amazing i mean if you could you should write an article honestly on how you've done it because there are many small business owners who can't financially figure that out and right. maybe you're just at the point where you have just enough people but you think of a a, a three person bakery someone has to stand there right and answer, you know, the customers, sell the bread. And you can't pay two people right. to do one job yeah. when you're in, when you're that type of a business. And so it's it's a real challenge. And, and if you've figured out a good system, you should definitely share it because... I don't know if it's a great... <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes things that work for me don't work for anyone else. Yeah. And then sometimes things that work for everyone else yeah. don't work for me. So it's a good system. But I think it's because our team is so strong too yeah. right because if our if our team wasn't as strong nobody would they'd be like nah i'm not gonna step up right so you it's part of a great too. culture of just working everybody working it, together yeah. yeah trying that's awesome that's amazing so it sounds like and i know it always sounds different but it sounds like you've had you've had two jobs total the law firm and the mm-hmm. two big career jobs mm-hmm. and then you come back you have a plan to meet your husband you meet your husband you have three great kids like what's been challenging What's been the biggest challenge in your life? Biggest challenge? Oh, I would say um, the the work-life balance, for yeah. sure. And I mean, that's so cliche. Um, but really trying to get a handle on how you want to spend your time. Yeah. Do you think that you'll ever... Um, you'll ever regret that you weren't that you decided to become so career focused and and not follow what you had thought you were going to do follow the path you thought you were going to take do you ever have regrets around that you know I I miss it I Mm -hmm. would say that I really miss that um that life yeah because it is totally gone (laughs) right (laughs) um I don't think I'll have a regret. I think that it would be fun if I was able to retire some point to get back there and see if I could really make it. You know, and yeah. when I was a 20 something year old blonde, I was one in a th- billion at every audition. If I get back there in my like 60s. Right. I'm, I mean, I may stand a really good chance. The odds might be in my favor. <laughs> right. 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 So uh, there's a there's a shot I may go back to it someday or heck, I'm an entrepreneur. I may create my own theater. Right? Yeah, I was going to. Well, so we just did uh, Beetlejuice and Frozen on Broadway a couple weeks ago. Oh. Oh. And uh, on the way out, so a lot. I don't. I don't know if you know this, but I only know this stuff because my thirteen-year-old's so into theater. Actually, now for Broadway shows, you can submit video submissions, oh. and so right now they're taking him for some thirteen-year-old part. My son wants to send it in. Uh, you, he's lucky his mom's got a whole right it'll setup be top right quality. here, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's real quick to try to get on my calendar, but uh, well, he'll come out of his room for that. That's about all he'll come out of his room for right now. But um, but. On our way out of there, I go <laughs> of Beetlejuice. I was like, "Why don't we just all write a musical together and just 
da 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 da. And my son's like, Mom, you can't turn everything into a business for yourself. And I was like, <laughs> that's my entrepreneur mind, right? Yeah. So I love that you went yeah. there with it. Yeah. Just write your own. Right. Le- what's his name? Hamilton guy did it. Lynn Van. I always mess yeah. up his name. My kid yells. Lynn Van Manuel. Lynn I Manuel Miranda. Yeah, something. I always mess it up. But that's what he essentially did is he made his own parts. Right. By writing and then got really good at it. And now he could get out every part he wanted, but. Yeah, it's a tough game. It's the top one percent, right? Just like it is, and and I think what was the most disappointing once I kind of grew up and realized this is, you make the major. I think the odds are as hard as getting in the major leagues, right? Right. Um, But once you're a major league athlete, you're financially set for life, right? Once your Broadway show closes, right? You're the top one percent. You've made it. um, You beat the odds. You're back to waiting tables, right? And that's the piece that just felt um, depressing yeah. eventually, certainly with the cost of living in New York City. Yeah. I just finally eventually saw, like, this is no way to live right. for me. And um, when my career was successful at the law firm, I thought, well, this is a, a really enjoyable way to live. <laughs> Look at this. I can, pay I can actually bills. buy a ticket to see a show. <laughs> right. You know? uh, my son, so that we saw the Beetlejuice understudy when we saw Beetlejuice. Hmm. And my son does all this research, you know, because they can do that now. And he was telling me this guy has been the understudy for the lead actor for the last three shows. And I thought, at some point, does that get defeating? Or is it still a challenge to try to beat out this? You're always getting the understudy part, which I'm sure is exciting because you get to do a lot of shows because mm-hmm. they do so many shows. But you're never quite the main guy. And you keep being the understudy, the same guy, right? Like, at what point does that does that guy... I think that um, at least when I was in that world, booking work was the success. Right. And um, Broadway is a bit commercialized. And so a lot of the leading roles go to movie stars, Mm. um, despite the the raw talent in New York City. So um, I I don't think that person's defeated. I think that person is is living their best life and hitting every dream. He's the only one that stayed for for the autographs at the stage door afterwards. I will tell you, my favorite, um, I love Broadway shows, but my girlfriend, uh, she took me into an off-Broadway show a a couple times ago. It was in 2019, early in 2019, called Drunk Shakespeare. Hmm. Have you ever been to that one? No. So essentially they do Shakespeare monologues and uh, they do shots the whole time. So they turn into their own monologues by the end. Oh my gosh. It's one of the best things ever I've ever been to. Wow. And it's a, it's a hot ticket because it's now it's it was it's kind of got a little cult following around it. Uh, they do three shows a night. So if you I suggest going to the middle one. The first one they're... <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, but the last one's a hot mess, I've heard. But the middle one, that's the one we went to, and it was good. So, Drunk Shakespeare, if you're ever oh out there gosh. and want to do something like totally I have off a feeling random. this isn't the end of this conversation for you and I. <laughs> Somewhere oh, down the was, road. It was so good. Yeah. I was like, this should be in Kansas City. So, right. if you need a side project, yeah. maybe you can get that type. Uh, so, what is, what, besides the, the K Award, which you're going to win here mm. in the next couple of years, hopefully this year, just keep, keep play every year. Can you? you can. You can. It's just a lot of work to fill out the applications. Right? Well, I just figure, you know, um, maybe we'll hit our next milestone or something like that and reapply. Yeah. Yeah. So what's uh, what does like big goals look like for you? Big goals for us at Lover One are, um, you know, we're we have thirty five hundred worksite employees participating in our HR programs, and our big goals are to get to that ten thousand number. That's okay. that's a big game changer um, in terms of the resources and the services that we can um, utilize f- for them. So you know when you're 
you're you're smaller, you have less vendor options, less resources, right. things like that. And so that's the number where that we're that we're working towards climbing towards. So what is the like in your when you say we're at 3500 now, how long does it how in your game plan in perfect world, how long mm-hmm. does it take to get to 10,000? Oh, I'd say we'll get there within five years, five years. Yeah. What's uh, Erica's big life goal? To be a Broadway star. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So we're going to do this. We're going to get all the extra money, have the extra places. Yeah. And then work on being a Broadway star. There you go. You think any of your kids are set for theater? I don't know. Too early to tell. Are they? They're that. They're little? certainly going to have the opportunity. Yeah. So I have a seven, four, and two year old. Oh, your seven year old. You could probably tell by now with your seven year old. Yeah. He's um he's very like I said everybody's really musically inclined. We sing soundtracks, um and uh, Porter is learning piano and is very natural at that and oh, nice. goes up to the piano and plays thirty different times a day. Nice. So I can tell it's you know being. The, I'm planting the seeds. <laughs> was your husband a theater guy at all? <clears throat> no. No. Is he a he sports seen, guy? Yeah, he's a sports guy. <laughs> he's seen, he, God bless him, I drag him to every Broadway tour that comes through town and, and then some other local. We have so much great local theater in Kansas City. Yeah. And, um, and he's really learned to appreciate it and is a great sidekick. Uh, my husband is, he couldn't be happier that my 13 year old wants to go to all the theater with me at this point. Oh, take <laughs> so, his place. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> I, I did. Somebody gave us uh, Chicago tickets a couple years ago, at Broadway, like wonderful tickets. The person was on the, not Broadway at Starlight. The person was on the Starlight board. So the tickets were wonderful. And I looked over, my husband was sleeping and I was like, never again, <laughs> never again. Uh, well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I you got it. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. That is it for this week's Cocktail Hour. Do you want to hear from your favorite local businesswoman? Do you know a woman in business who is shaking shit up? Send your recommendations to heygirl at cocktailhourpodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends. We share our stories to motivate and inspire you, so spread the love around. Until next time, I'm Erin Folk. Keep your class and your glass raised, and we'll see you at the next Cocktail Hour. Thanks, Erica. Thank you.